What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Hey, everyone. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line, as always, presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher today and the rest of the week and weekend. Excited to be back with Michael Lombardi, who's with us from New Jersey. Great to see you again, Michael. I trust you had a good uh, Good. speech there down in Orlando yesterday. Yeah, it really did. It was fun and uh, talked about uh, a lot of great lessons of leadership, met a lot of wonderful people, including the Darby Wounded Warriors, which is a group in Little Rock, Arkansas, that supports uh, veterans that have come back from a lot of our wars that have had post-traumatic syndrome. Uh, really a wonderful cause. Got to meet some of them, and so it was great. It was really fortunate. It's a, a good experience. Orlando's airport. You know, Ben, I got to tell you, I got five <laughs> yeah. grandkids. That that mouse is a big draw. Yeah. That little mouse is a big draw. I mean, that mouse created a town. I mean, it created a city. It created an empire. I mean, that little mouse, the power of a mouse. You never would have thought that. The Orlando Airport, sneaky uh, behemoth of a, of a of a complex. They figured it out over not the sneaky. years. They, they get it's it. not sneaky. It's not sneaky. It's 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 not easy to move around there. No, I mean, and not. and it's crowded, and everybody's got the mouse with them. I mean, Mickey is big there. I mean, it's just a. It's amazing what Walt Disney was able to create by simply drawing this wonderful mouse that I don't know, 
you know, my youngest granddaughter, the only granddaughter, she sees that mouse. She doesn't even – she speaks three or four words, and that mouse lights up her life. It's, it's just truly remarkable. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to navigate your way through the gates at, uh, at MCO there yesterday, get uh, get back to Jersey. It was also great seeing you, Michael, uh, when you were out here in Vegas for the Super Bowl. That was uh, that was a blast. Hard to believe we're now into the NFL offseason portion, which is now a very truncated version with, with how the NFL – cycle works. We're going to talk a lot of uh, big storylines on that today. Chad Graff, who covers the Patriots for the Athletic, will join us at hour number two. Jim Root on college basketball from the three-man weave. He joins us in about a half hour. You talk about leadership, Michael, and what you were speaking to yesterday. The big story just from a national perspective, and this will have big betting implications. It's what's going on in Tuscaloosa, Alabama with the college basketball team where head coach Nate Oates under a lot of hot water right now for his comments defending his freshman Brandon Miller, who we found out a couple days ago supplied the gun to his now ex-teammate who was involved in a shooting and is now being tried for capital murder. Alabama's one of the two favorites right now, one of the two teams under 10-1 to 1 to win the college basketball national championship and a story that has really caught your attention. Well, I mean, I think it's got implications, right? I mean, Brendan Miller was, I don't want to call him an accessory, but it came out in the court documents that he provided the the gun he brought the gun to Darius Miles who end up is being charged with this capital offense of murdering James Jones uh, Harris so you know and then Nate Oates's commentary afterwards was almost staggering how you know he dismissed it and and really didn't even acknowledge he just basically said well kids will be kids I'm paraphrasing but you know I think this does have I think the school's going to have to take some action I think that I know Miller's a great player I know they're they're one of the best teams in the country, but we're st- they're still a college program. There are lessons that we have to teach young men, and I've often said this. You can't have a great culture if the people in your culture are not adhering to the culture. I don't expect Nate Oates to babysit the kids, but I expect him to develop a culture, and obviously when one player helps another player essentially give him the instrument to commit the murder, allegedly, there's some issues here. No question. And that's the thing now where Oatsy comes back last night. He tried to walk back his statements and and basically apologize for for being kind of laissez-faire about the whole thing, which is, I mean, this is as serious of a thing as you will ever see. The last, this was the closest thing I can think to, Michael, was the, you know, the Baylor basketball scandal of the early 2000s, which is widely regarded as probably the single worst scandal ever involving a college basketball team when you had a player literally murdered by his own teammate, this is now there's obviously, you know, apples to oranges. There's some differences here going on, but Dave bliss, the head coach was, was essentially vilified. He was given a 10 year show cause. You have to think that major repercussions are coming here yet. You have this Alabama team that is one of the top in the country. We have no idea when or how the punishments will be dished out. And that's now where we wait for the next shoe to drop. Right. And I think to me, we learn a lot about the leader here, right? So Nate Oates is what's more important winning or a winning culture and can winning survive in a losing culture so you can't look at Alabama's program and say they have a winning culture they have a winning team they have a talented team but do they have a winning culture because if you have a winning culture you're not going to provide somebody with an instrument to then commit murder you're not going to do that you're not going to be part of that and I don't know the legal ramifications for Brandon Miller I know he's a superstar player but I also think that, you know, this is also ties into this one-and-done program that we're in college football, college basketball, where guys are going to school, but they're really not. They're independent contractors. They don't have to, gra- they don't have to take X amount of classes. They go on, you know, it's, it's really kind of a, 
a farce that's what it is because they don't have to do anything towards their graduation. All they have to do is enroll, take electives, get through the first semester, and then by the second semester, it's Katie bar the door. Right. So, but you got to have some sense of culture here and accountability. I mean, Martin Luther King says it well, well, he says, the measure of a man isn't where he stands in the moments of comfort. It's where he stands in the moment of challenge and uncertainty and controversy. This is what concerns you about Oates. It, it's what's funny tonight, you know, it, it's you have a game still to be played. You have these these games that continue on the schedule. And, you know, how is this going to impact uh, the team going forward? There's a lot of questions still to be answered I, I, on this. And I mean, it's like I, I don't how do know you how even, you put Miller on the court. I, yeah, I, I don't know either. how as a leader. How do you say I, I represent this? I mean, Miller has a part in this. He's part of the story. I'm not saying he did. He helped a teammate do something that is a capital crime. You know, if he decided to say, I'm not bringing the gun, would this have happened? I mean, that's a fair question. It's a fair question, no, right? No. So there has to be ramifications from this. I know that talking to people in the Alabama campus, they feel like Miller could or should get suspended, and he should, frankly. If I were the president of Alabama, I would suspend him. What's more important, the integrity of my school or winning a game against Tennessee or against Mississippi State? Like, what's more important? I don't know how you can't at this point. I do. So, you're going to see something happen. It's just a matter of when and how severe the punishment will be. Alabama plays tonight at South Carolina, and Alabama is a 17, 17 and a half point favorite uh, going into the game tonight. We'll get Jim Root's take as well in about a half hour since he covers all things college basketball for the three man weave. Outstanding analyst for them. Get Jim's take on the situation from, from what he is hearing so far since he is pretty connected to with uh, his sources in college basketball. That's the big headline, though, of today and how that will impa impact the betting market. The other big headline, Michael, as we transition back to the NFL, and we'll have a lot of uh, different topics today. We'll talk franchise tags since that window is now open. We'll talk a little draft. We'll talk some offseason grades. But what, what has been announced, at least last night, from Brock Purdy and his camp out of San Francisco – going to delay his surgery for, on his elbow due to inflammation. So it sounds like it's not going to be now until early March that Purdy has surgery. Everything we've been told about this procedure is it's about a six-month recovery period. And you start doing the math and you're going, uh, that puts us to about September 5th, September 7th, which is when the regular season yeah. starts next year. So this is going to come right down to the wire now as we start to look at Purdy and his recovery there for San Francisco. And I think it pushes San Francisco into a secondary quarterback market. What is that, right? Could they sign Cooper Rush? I think they could, right? I think they definitely could sign Cooper Rush. Could they sign, you know, Sam Darnold? I don't know if they like Darnold. Could they sign Brendan Allen? Could they sign Jacoby Brissett? I mean, I think they're going to have to sign and, and dedicate resources to a quarterback that kind of fits what they do and fits their program because I don't think they could put all their chips in the table and move them to the center for Lance, nor can they do that for, uh, for Purdy. I know Kyle loves Purdy. I understand that. But if you could get Gardner Minshew on a cheap deal or Taylor Heineke on a cheap deal, when I say cheap, $10 million, $12 million, something mm -hmm. like that, you know, you're still going to have two young, you're going to have two rookie quarterbacks on a contract. Now you got to sign Bosa. And you got to keep your team intact, but I think ultimately that's something you got to think about. If you wonder how the the Lance part of this plays out, it, you know, you have to have somebody to at least push him, right? Where he's he's viewed to be like with his ankle rehab going on right now. I mean, he'll technically be ready. It's just a matter of from a health perspective, he'll be ready. But it's a matter of is he physically and mentally going to be able to be that day one starter for San Francisco? If you assume the timeline for Purdy is going to push him out till till basically the start of the regular season. How much confidence can you have if you're a head coach in Kyle Shanahan 
with a guy who did struggle mightily before the injury in week two last season. Well, we really haven't seen him play since the plane ride from Houston, where he was a disaster against the Texans. And that disaster caused them to re-sign Garoppolo. And because of that, you know, they were able to then, you know, then he came back that next week and got hurt, and Garoppolo was right there to fill in, and then Garoppolo got hurt. So the guy hasn't played football for three years. How do you, how do you believe that you could go somewhere with this? And you've got quarterbacks that are going to be available out there, not high-priced ones. There'll be some high-priced ones. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you could, they're not going to trade for Lamar Jackson. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do a lot of those things. But I think you're going to have to protect yourself. You're going to have to find somebody that fits your scheme. And I've said this from day one. If I were them, I would sign Cooper Rush. I really would. I think he fits exactly. I think he's kind of Brock Purdy-ish, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that as an insult to Cooper Rush. You know, I think he's he's probably bigger. He's six two and a half. He's he's got more size. He's smart. He's very accurate with the football. He can move. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried that move. I think Cooper Rush, in their system, remember their system is about accuracy, timing, decision making. Trey Lance right now, at least at points bet, one of the sports books offering this is minus three hundred to be the week one starting quarterback. Brock Purdy plus one eighty five. That does not include. Any other quarterback, since technically they're not going to throw up, you know, an other quarterback if it has not been signed. But that is the odds right now. If I were to, if I were to throw up the comeback player of the year odds at you, Michael, and say Trey Lance is the second favorite right now at six to oh one, you would God. say what? Where where does this come from? I mean, is the whale capper pushing this one? I mean, where does this come from? Like, how is he coming back? Where does he come back from? He's never been good. How can he be a comeback player if he's never been good? I knew that would get you riled up. I just <laughs> to start. I mean, I don't get this. I don't, like, I don't where know does this I, number? Yeah. Co- like, where Not does this love for this player come? Like, where does this come from? Some guy who thinks he was the MVP this summer? I mean, give me a break. I'm just, I'm just telling you what the odds say. I'm just uh, don't shoot the messenger. Just Ridiculous. Trey Lance, Ridiculous. six to one, second favorite. When has he been good? Uh, Tell me when he's been good. Uh, statistically, uh, you would, it would be hard to find it, a, a sequence of his career where he has been. Uh, we are going to talk some franchise tag because the window is now open as we're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted dot specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on this trip with your state-issued ID. To open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4,700. Mentioned earlier, Michael, that this whole notion of an NFL offseason, it doesn't really exist anymore because within, I love it. You know, within two weeks I never of the Super felt Bowl, there was an offseason. The offseason is June 15th to July 15th. That's yep. the offseason. 
And so now we sit in this two-week window where the franchise tag is now open. We don't expect any of these decisions to be made right away. Traditionally, teams wait till pretty late in the process. But you have till March 7th now to place either these exclusive or non-exclusive tags. The exclusive tags, you, you pay more. Non-exclusive, it's less. We'll get into some of the numbers here as, as we go on. But the credit to our producer, Brian Ortega, who does the Concierge Confidential podcast, by the way. Uh, he's a big big movie guy, does our Academy Award uh, odds, and so he, he likes to get fancy with this stuff. So he's come up with a segment. We're calling it Tag Him, Sign Him, or Just Walk Him Out, Let Him Go. As we take a look mm-hmm. first at some of the big names, uh, Michael, Lamar Jackson is the guy as we, we prepare for this franchise tag portion of the offseason. The quarterback for Baltimore who could get a – it would either be $32.5 million on the non-exclusive tag. You're, you're expected to be in that $45 million or so range on the exclusive tag – what are you doing if you're Baltimore here with Lamar Jackson? Well, uh, let's set the framework, right? So the difference between the exclusive and the non-exclusive is the non-exclusive, nobody can talk to him. The exclusive, people can talk to him, but they have to pay compensation. They have There's a determined value. I think it's a one and a three, if I'm not mistaken. So there's already determined value in that. The risk you run by not letting people talk, to, by if you t- put the higher price tag on them, then you basically are you're saying we're not getting rid of you we're not trading you but you could trade them but you're also at a higher price if you put the non-exclusive one on there you say you're open to a trade now you have to settle for what that what the compensation is there lies the difference so if you're the Baltimore Ravens and let's say the compensation I think it's a one and a three if it's a one and a three right it's a long way from R.C. Owens, one of the first players ever in the history of the NFL to sign a, a deal with another team uh, with, from the mm-hmm. 49ers. So, I mean, this is a long way from that. I think the commissioner had the right back then to award the picks. I think he gave away like a, a second round or something, and nobody wanted to mess with it anymore. But say they decide to go non-exclusive, and it's a one and a three. You know, now you're saying you've set the market knowing that Russell Wilson's out there, knowing that uh, – that you know uh, Deshaun Watson's out there, that you're getting way less value. If you go the exclusive, you're paying a lot more money, but you control his rights. So for me, with Lamar, I think I control his rights. I think I put the exclusive tag on him. I know it's more money. I know it's a huge, a huge, huge cap number. Huge cap number, right? But I think you've got to control the value of the player because he's worth more than a one and a three. He's a guy who's in a position and going into last year before his injury was looking at a you know, full extension five-year type deal. So you, you compare this, you know, and put it side by side, what you're getting by doing the tag. I mean, it seems like an obvious choice. And as much as the, the general media narrative, Michael, over the, this offseason has been, all right, Lamar Jackson, he really, you know, he screwed the pooch for himself. He's not going to get a, a deal. And now what does Baltimore do? Don't you, if you take a step back, though, if you're Baltimore, don't you look at it and say, this is still a premier quarterback in the NFL. We have a chance to still let him prove his worth and go from there on a, on a one-year franchise tag type situation. Well, but, I mean, look, here's the reality. You know, when you don't extend him and you get into what happened last year and you're at the end of the year and he's not healthy, not rehab, you know, whatever was going on there at the end of the year, he didn't get back on the field. He didn't get back on the field. When he limped off in the game, we never saw him again. And so, you know, what went into that? He went to Cincinnati one weekend, then he didn't go back the next weekend. So, like, you know, what's going on here? I think there's some underlying factors. I think knowing Baltimore, Baltimore will be deliberate. 
Baltimore will step mm-hmm. back and say, if anybody wants to offer us, they can have them. Now, why wouldn't they put the non-exclusive tag on? Because he's worth more than a one and a three. So the question is, would you pay $13 million a year, Ben, $13 million for an extra first-round pick? Because that's really what you're saying when you put the non-exclusive on it. Mm-hmm. You're right. saying we should get two number ones and two number twos. Would you pay $13 million for that? When the when the Cleveland Browns traded for Brock Osweiler, they paid a second. They 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 gave they got a second. Uh, Houston, they paid basically a second, right? They got a second round pick to do it. That was worth what? And that was fifteen million dollars. Yeah, I'm just one to believe where as much as it was a really really ugly ending to the season, and you have Jackson not even on the sideline, and rumors starting to fly. When you step back and you let this off season process play out, you, you sit here and you say. What, what are we better off with if we're Baltimore? Are we at least better off with a rehabbed and so healthy Lamar Jackson, or are we going to start over at the quarterback position and, and go from there? I, I just have to think, given the makeup of the, of the team for Baltimore, who made strides in the back end with the defense second half of the year after being miserable at the start, first six weeks or so, I would say you, you, have to, you probably look at it from the perspective of, all right, let's just let bygones be got bygones. I know it was an ugly situation behind the scenes at the end of the year, but let's give Jackson a, a shot here. We aren't going to pay a, a ton relative to what we thought we would have to pay going into last season, and let's just go from there. That's how I would look at it from Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think to me that works, it's, you know, but the players, it's hard. Now, all that money's guaranteed. The core issue of Lamar isn't average per year. It's guaranteed money. And so now you're guaranteeing $45 million. And if Lamar is sitting there back saying – if they don't come to me with a deal, that $45 million cap number is going to be really hard on their cap. It's going to be very challenging. How do they handle that? How do they get around it? It's going to be a tough equation to solve because you're eating $45 million, and how do you sign other players that are on your team? How do you bring them back? How do you handle that? It you know, is yeah, I think it's tough. That, I mean, that's that bogs you down. I mean, you, you want you want to be able to use the first couple years of a, of a guy whose cap you want to be able to use that on lowering his number. But, you know, and you probably feel like Lamar might be in the 40 million range. But, you know, you got Ronnie Stanley's on their cap for he's at 23 million. Marlon Humphrey's on their cap for 19 million. Now, they can convert their paragraph fives to signing bonus and, and get their cap number down, but, you know, they could cut Kevin Zeitler. They'd pick up money. Calais Campbell says he's coming back. He's a high cap number. I mean, they have to figure out how to put this in, you know, and they're going to have to do it. It's going to be very challenging because yeah. they don't really have a lot of cap room to mess with. It's like, yeah, on the surface, Baltimore, you know, technically they're ninth in cap room you know, available, but that's also not all those names you just Counting said. Counting your soon, quarterback. It, right. As soon as that happens, and Lamar Jackson is a big piece to flip, all of a sudden the equation becomes different. How about the New York Giants who have a very interesting offseason ahead of them where you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, a quarterback running back for each in, in a potential to be tagged? How would you approach starting with the quarterback, Daniel Jones, and then going to, to Barkley there if you're the Giants front office? I wouldn't tag Jones. I'd let the market declare his value. I'd call his bluff. He's not leaving. He's not going in. He's not going to leave. He's in a good situation. And so who's paying him $40 million? If somebody wants to pay him $40 million, God bless, go ahead. I'll find somebody else. I mean, I'll sign Cooper Rush and get the same thing out of him for $10 million. I mean, and then the other thing about Daniel Jones, i got to run him. I mean, he's got to run in the game. So I'm not tagging Daniel Jones. I would tag Barkley the non-exclusive. 
at 10 million and basically say one year. Saquon Barkley will show his uh, will show his number in a second. Yeah, so that the non-exclusive then on the Barkley, you're yeah you're getting that it's about 10 million tag, and for a guy who excelled under Brian Dable a season ago, has always fought through injuries. I think that's probably the big question, right? People are going to ask on Barkley, but it's only a one-year thing, so it makes it a little more palatable, right? Right. I mean, unless I get the deal that I want for four, I'm only signing for one. So there, ring up that register, Brian. Ring it. You up. know, it's like that's it. <laughs> you know, like it's not like you can't. I said this on the podcast. Not everybody can get an eat dinner. Not everybody's going to go through the buffet. Like some, you got to make some hard decisions. If Daniel Jones goes out there and and someone wants to pay him forty five million a year, God bless, go do it. I'll find another answer at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if you're not willing to call the bluff, you're going to get killed. Isn't the point the bigger point on Jones too that? For as much as it was a very good first season under Brian Dable as head coach, had his best year as a, as a quarterback, don't you more look at the system of Dable and say, all right, he, he's the guy clearly has the ability to take a middling, mediocre to slightly below average quarterback and make him one of the better ones, one of the top 12 guys with the system. It's more more system, right, as opposed to player. As much as Jones is a good two, two-way guy with the ability to run the ball, right? That's how I look at it. No doubt. I look at it that way too, and that's why you call the bluff. You say, hey. Go ahead. What are we doing? Yeah. All right. You want to go somewhere else? Go somewhere else. What happened? Joe Flacco, they didn't call the bluff. They signed him. It hurt them. Dak Prescott, they didn't call the bluff. Signed him. They're not great. Everybody said you had to sign up both those guys, except for Bill Berman, who's up on my board. He said you didn't have to. <laughs> Everybody said it. We're, ring, we're ringing up the register, though. A great idea for about Brian Ortegas. We're tagging Lamar Jackson, which I am, based on everything we're reading, sounds like will happen. Tagging Saquon Barkley. Letting Daniel Jones walk. All right, we go back to college basketball. Jim Root from the three-man weave. He stops by the show right after this. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. A reminder, we still have our outstanding VSIN Pro introductory offer available, available for you right now as you get subscriber benefits like our Pro Tools, Pro Picks at a glance from all of our hosts and guests, as well as pro tips throughout all of our shows on the network. Again, it's an introductory offer of $9.99. So sign up right now at vsin.com slash subscribe. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. Ben Wilson back with you from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. Great to be back with Michael Lombardi from Jersey as we welcome in special guest. He's Jim Root, part of the three-man weave who covers all things college basketball. Fellow Mizzou alum, Michael, like myself. Fellow Milwaukee resident. I like myself. And now we're, we're working here in sports betting. So Jim and I were very simpatico on a lot of things. Jim, great to see you. Great to see the Packer and Mizzou gear out there today on the, uh, on the Skype set up there in Chicago. Absolutely. Got to represent, you know, let the people where my allegiances lie and, and they can uh, make their conclusions from there as, as they wish. That's, that's <laughs> how we'll do it. Yeah. My, anyway, Mike, we're not trying to gang up on you or anything. You know, us, us Mizzou guys, we, we just have to stick together. Okay. And uh, we're, we, you know, we're, we're talking SEC today for, a, but for a very different reason you know, the Al- Alabama situation is how Michael and I started the show today uh, with the fallout now coming out and we don't know yet what's going to happen, but with this whole controversy and, and you have Brandon Miller, a star freshman supplying a gun in a shooting involving now a former teammate and his head coach, Nate Oates, not really saying anything definitive. Uh, what do you expect to happen? What's your read on the whole situation there in Tuscaloosa? It, it's very tough to read. And I think there's definitely people on very uh, opposite ends of the spectrum where, you know, you, you have the Alabama fans saying, look, well, he couldn't have possibly known that's what's going to happen with this gun. But 
I don't buy that, first of all. This isn't a toddler touching a stove situation. Like, you know it's a gun. Uh, but then on the other end, you know, people are basically equating him with the murderer, and that's not the same thing either. So I don't know what the punishment will be. I, I do think Oates's quotes coming out of this were a, a big part of why this blew up in a in a really controversial way, basically kind of hand-waving and saying, look, I can't handle what happens outside of practice, yada, yada. It sounds like they're going to play, both Miller and Jaden Bradley, the other freshman that was present at the scene. And then it, it, you go in two directions. Is this a big distraction where it's going to take away from what has been one of the best three teams in the country so far this year? Or is it almost a rallying point for this team where, you know, they're like, all right, we're in this together. Uh, we were having each other's backs publicly. Like, if for you know, whatever you want to say, Oates had his players' backs here, for better or for worse. Maybe that's something where they're able to kind of be in the foxhole together and rally. Very curious to see how things go tonight, if they seem stagnant or if they seem very, very motivated. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I, I get what Oates said about, you know, he can't control when the players leave the building, but his culture can control. I mean, you know, the player, in whether, you know, he brought an instrument to produce a capital murder. Like, what would you bring somebody a gun? Was he going to the shooting range? Where was he going? Like, what what's going on? And where's your culture? I think you got to stand up and in leadership, you've got to show that. And you've got to be able to to unify the team and bring them together. Look, standing in front of your players or standing behind your players has nothing to do with, you know, making sure they keep playing. It has everything to do with the lessons we learn down the field so that they don't make these mistakes again. And I think ultimately Nate's Oates has failed tremendously. And teams with no culture, which appears like Alabama doesn't have, are going to have a hard time winning tough games in a tournament. Yeah, I, like like you said, this is a a weapon used for murder. It, it wasn't like he dropped off a case of beer that, you know, he's underage or something. Like, th this is a totally different, more serious situation. It It doesn't work to say, like, wrong place, wrong time. He very clearly could have chosen not to hold the gun in the first place or return it that night. And that's kind of part of it. You know, he didn't drop it off in the middle of the day at noon to his house. He brought it downtown to the bars when he knew that there was some confrontation going on. And reports are that he uh, had blocked some of the road. I don't know the exact details of that. I think there's more to come out with that. The investigation mm -hmm. uh, with the police will certainly open up more details there. But that indicates some level of awareness that there was a confrontation about to happen. So that, that's what concerns me about the the playing dumb and, and not knowing that something bad could have happened with the situation. Yeah, and like Jim, as you said, I mean, the Alabama plays tonight. They're laying 17, 17 and a half against South Carolina. And the, as of now, no, no punishment has been handed down. So we'll see how it plays out. But it is going to have big implications from the future standpoint, regardless depending on the angle you want to take here, where Alabama was one of only two teams sub 10 to one at most books to win it all. As you stay, take the step back, and I mean, you're, you're handicapping games every single day with the three-bed weave. When you look back, we're now just a few weeks away here from Selection Sunday. As you look at this odds board with Houston at the top, followed by Alabama, and then, and then the rest, essentially, Purdue, Kansas after that in the 10 to one range, who, who do you like from an overall long-term perspective as we get to closer here to Selection Sunday? From a value sense, looking at that board, I think maybe UCLA is my favorite, plus 300. Uh, I could see them being up in that conversation with Purdue, Alabama, Houston. They just haven't had the opportunities out West. The Pac-12 does not provide many games to prove yourself the way that the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC does. There's a chance the Pac-12 gets only two teams in, at UCLA and Arizona, both right there on the board. I think USC will probably get in two. 
But UCLA fits a lot of departments that you look for with a title contender. They've got two seasoned veteran playmakers in Jaquez and Campbell. They've got a coach that's been to the Final Four before. Uh, they're balanced on both sides of the court. They play offense. They play defense. You can't say that same thing about Tennessee or Baylor, who are a little bit more lopsided. And they've got some freshmen that can really raise the ceiling. Omari Bailey, Adem Bona, two guys that were five stars coming in. They offer that extra gear in the postseason where maybe UCLA uh, can be even better than what they've shown so far this year. And they're, they're probably slotted about a two seed right now in the bracket. You know, I love UCLA, one of the best defensive teams in the country. And I think once you get that tournament, you got to play great defense. And, you know, as they move and get all these guys come together, they could be a tough out moving forward. And at 12 or, or 12 to 1, you know, that that's a fairly good number. I think you got that on the board. I want to ask you about Texas A&M. Big win last night down at College Station beating Tennessee. Uh, they're just – all they keep doing is winning games, and nobody seems to recognize what – Buzz Williams has been able to do down there in terms of building this program. It started out slow, but have kind of got it going. And what he's got Mississippi state, he's got Alabama left. And I think he's got old miss. He's only got three games left and he looks like he can play with anybody in the, in the, in the Southeast conference. Yeah. I think maybe that was some of the hesitance is they had not played Alabama or Tennessee yet. And people were waiting for them to get those stiffer tests atop the league. They did get a shorthanded out or a Tennessee team last night, missing two starters. Phillips and Jordan James, but that shouldn't take away what Texas A&M has done since January 1st. If you filter an advanced website, uh, advanced stats website called Bart Torvik for performance only since January 1st, Texas A&M is number two in the country behind Alabama. Whew. They've been that good since the calendar turned. And, and you know, the, the stuff that happened in November, and December matters a lot for seeding for resume, but for looking at what this team can do in March, I think, you know, the recent stuff probably matters a little bit more. And the fact that they've been that good, won 15 out of 17, they've rolled some teams in that streak, and they've got a lot of depth. They've got a playmaker on the ball in Wade Taylor. That's what you look for in the, in the postseason, a guy that can create for himself and others late in the shot clock. Their defense is really stout. They're deep. They're athletic. They can go big. They can go small. Like, I am starting to really buy in on the Aggies. It took me longer than probably it should have, given how well they've been playing. But I, I do think they're a real postseason threat some of those those underlying numbers with how good they've been really indicate that a team that is still a long shot futures wise but is going to slot in likely into a seven maybe an eight depending on how this final few game stretch goes very winnable games still to come against mississippi state and ole miss before a big home game against alabama to close out the regular season again as jim joins us give him a follow at second chance points how do you view the big 12 kind of manifesting once we get to March, Jim, with how elite that conference has been top to bottom. How do those how do those teams end up looking after going through the gauntlet of a crazy regular season? I think they're going to show great. That would be my just immediate gut opinion. I mean, they're going to have really uh, good draws because their seeding is going to be awesome. You're probably going to have five teams in the protected seed range, which would be, you know, one through four uh, and potentially four in the top three seed lines, which is great. Uh, I saw somebody tweet last night, they, I, I don't remember who, but they were like, I'd be surprised at this point if only two or, or if less than two Big 12 teams made the final four. And I kind of feel the same way. I mean, just between Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Baylor, like there's five teams that have every shot to make a run in the postseason. West Virginia is kind of an analytics darling. Texas Tech's playing well, could sneak their way into the tournament as well. I just think the teams are so good. They're so battle tested. There's a lot of awesome defenses in that group. And really, really good coaches. So I, I definitely think that uh, the Big 12 is going to look like the best mm -hmm. conference, even with those postseason results. 
You know, you talk about a team playing really well since January 1st. St. Mary's, are, do you think they win the Western Conference? you think they can win that out there? They're playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Yeah, they've got the, the big game at Gonzaga coming up in the, in the league finale. I believe that's next weekend or coming up this, this coming weekend. And even if they lose that, the tie break between them and Gonzaga is the net ranking. And they're ahead of Gonzaga there. So it's going to take some big margins for Gonzaga this week for them to jump over St. Mary's. I do think St. Mary's is going to get that win uh, or win the league at least. And then they're going to have pretty solid seating. They're an elite defensive team. They got a budding star at point guard and Aiden Mahaney, the freshman. They're going to be really tough out in March. Their lack of athleticism maybe limits the upside. But uh, I feel like that's a solid Sweet 16 team. Yeah, big game in Spokane yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be a fascinating matchup to watch. Jim Root, always a pleasure, man. Wisconsinite, <laughs> Mizzou alum. I, we, oh, there you go. Our best guys, piece and guest. We just, should play the Missouri fight that. song. We when probably he comes we should be doing you. the Missouri Waltz heading out here. Jim, great to see you, man. Big win for the Tigers last night. Uh, take care. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. When we return, we dive into the NBA. What does Michael think about the Sixers coming out of the All Star break? What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first basket score prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We will be getting back to the football in our next hour. But for now, uh, Michael, as we talk a little NBA here, we're coming out of the All-Star break. You know, at, at first, when the season started, you you had a lot of conviction going against the Sixers, your team. You did not believe in Philadelphia. And you looked right for a very good portion of that first part of the year. Sixers, kind of out of nowhere, though, have uh, have shown a lot of improvement. Now they're up to third in the East. And you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Buck star, who's going to be sidelined for some time. We don't know how long he avoided a major injury. It's just a right wrist sprain. But Sixers, Michael, I mean, they're, uh, they're, they're right in there, 38 and 19. You know, I mean, that's the one thing Doc will always do is play well during the regular season. You know, no player development whatsoever. I was actually on a plane ride home from uh, yesterday from Orlando. I saw my man Paul Reed get on the plane, and, I, I, you know, I didn't have a chance to discuss Doc with him. I would have loved to and interview him on that, but he went towards uh, – you know, he went, he was got on the plane and, you know, I felt like, okay, well, well, that's about the last time I'll see him down the stretch. I mean, this will be it for him. He'll never play again. So look, they, they are a, you know, they've got a lot of good things going. Maxi coming off the bench, their transition defense still isn't good. Over the last two weeks, as good as they play, they still are 13th in the league in defense. Milwaukee's the best team in the league defensively. Boston's the fifth best team in the league. Cleveland's actually the second best team over the last two weeks defensively. I, I think to me, when you break it down between Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and then when you flavor in, I know Miami. But for me, I was saying this to somebody today in the NBA I was talking to. 
the NBA season actually starts now. It almost starts now. Like, you know, we'll see Dallas. We'll see Phoenix. We'll see what Miami has up in store. It starts now. The buyout. Everybody can't change their roster now because everything's happened. So Kevin Love going to Miami. You know, I don't know what Westbrook means going to the Clippers. But I think the Sixers, who have kind of stayed pat other than Deadman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're got a tough challenge in the East. And and even if they – I said this – if they get – Miami plays them, Miami's tougher than they are. Miami will beat them. I don't care where Miami is right now. Miami will beat them. It's a fascinating team, Miami, that you never you never really feel comfortable just saying, okay, you rule them out of the of the equation, even if even if the regular season numbers aren't all, all, all that impressive, because yeah, they're they're a team that you know, advance wise is going to be right there, and they will put up the lineups to at least compete and make that you know, make that a difficult stretch. I just wonder on on the Philadelphia side, you have you know, with the James Harden, Joel Embiid uh, partnering this year, you know, Harden. All things considered, I mean, his, he's, have, despite missing some time, he's given the Sixers a pretty you know, solid year. Started over 40 games now, but what do you expect from him down the stretch? Is it is it com- are you comfortable at this point to say, all right, I, I can rely on Harden giving a, giving it every single game and being out there as we go into the postseason? That's the big oh, question we I, have. I, every single game, I don't even know how you could expect him beat. I mean, you know, I can't think you could expect him to play that. I mean, like I said, I think the season starts now. I think it starts right now, and this is where the grind begins, you know, where you got to really dig your team down and everybody's role. I mean, McDaniel, the trade for Thibault, I think that helps them. It gives them length. It still gives them a wing defender, but also gives them somebody who could shoot a three-pointer. I mean, nobody was defending Thibault, even, you know, and he wouldn't take the shot. So, look, you know, Harden's got to come through for him because when you sit and look at the reality of what they gave up for Harden and what, you know, what, Kyrie went for and what some of these other trades are, it was significant. It's got to come through. Remember, Harden's a free agent at the end of the year. So this is Philly's moment. And did they add enough to their team to close that gap? I still think Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, and Miami are ahead of them. It's fascinating on the, you know, the advanced analytics love Cleveland. I mean, best defensive net rating all season. They're, they're top. I look at the updated numbers. They're second in overall uh, net rating behind only Boston. And clearly the addition of Donovan Mitchell has paid huge dividends for that team who were a great defensive team last year, but got no scoring. Now they have the scoring with Donovan Mitchell. And as you, we, we kind of flip this ahead now, starting the second half of the season tomorrow, and you look at the standings in the East where you have, you know, have Cleveland two games back of the 76ers. And, and that's going to be really interesting to see you know, where does, where does Miami end up? Do they get into a six seed position? Cause it, it kind of feels like Michael, if you're in that three seed, you're likely going to face Miami in round that's one right. based on the where, on where the, the standings are out. So does, does Cleveland from the advanced numbers, it, it would appear as though they've got the ability to make a move and get past Philadelphia, which if you're a Sixer fan, I don't know if you might not actually mind that, at least as weird as that is to say, for a round one specific matchup. Well, I, th- I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, can Embiid stay healthy? That's going to be a factor. But, you know, in that game last time they played Cleveland, Cleveland scored 74 points in the second half against them. I mean, you know, I don't know many teams that are supposed to be elite to give up 74 points in a half, you know, and so that's my concern. I'm not going to allow them to disappoint me. I think Boston is by is the best team. I think Milwaukee will be the, will be one of those teams. I mean, Cleveland's numbers, if you go to True Cleaning the Glass, the analytical website there, they have them winning 55 games. 
They think they're going to win 55. They'll be the second most winningest team in the league. I, I don't see that, but they do based on the numbers, if you said, as you go through this. And so, yeah. you know, like the 76ers are at 50, but I, I think the Sixers will struggle as we go forward, especially when the games become more physical. If you want to bet, you can, because you can look at the in-season win totals right now. The other part of this down the stretch, not only is it the the health and the durability how many games will we see Harden and Embiid play down the stretch for the Sixers? They have the toughest remaining strength of schedule. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty significant gauntlet for the Sixers down the stretch. And I see their in-season win total right now is at 52 and a half. That is juiced uh, to the under right now. So you know, you're at 38 and 19. So you, you, you have 25 games left. Can you get, uh, you know, at least what you're saying there is, they are you going to go 15 and 10 in the final schedule. 25? Right. Against a, they, what has been a soft schedule so far. Yeah, that, the, a lot of these the numbers for them, to me, are, are the soft of the schedule. Now, you know, they come back. I think they got the Timberwolves on Thursday night. But, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, that that's going to be the determining factor. I don't see them. I really don't see that as as them being able to rise. When they had a chance to play Boston in Boston, it's a three-point game. You know, and they got the ball and, and beat shooting 15-footers. You know, he's shooting 15-footers. Like, uh, that's what we're going to do? You know, I mean, we got oh, – they play – excuse me, they play Memphis coming back. You know, both teams with seven days rest. Memphis is not a great road team. They come into Philly. They're 11-17 and 17 on the road, so we'll see. But I think they're a tough matchup. I, I think it gets harder for Philly as they go mm -hmm. forward. So to go over that in-season win total right now, they'd have to go 15-10, and 10, but against the hardest schedule left of any team by opponent winning percentage down the stretch. I mean, that's a – look at the first – six games out of the all-star break. I mean, you go Grizzlies, Celtics, Heat, Heat, Mavericks, Bucks. So that that's kind of what we're saying is it's been, it, it's been pretty simple and straightforward so far for a, a Sixers team. that has been better than the market, you know, 34 and 23 against the number, but about to get a whole lot more challenging. Now, the thing with Milwaukee to keep in mind, that game on March the 4th likely to be without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They've not put a timetable on his absence. The good news is, Michael, he avoids significant injury. He'll be back at some point before the regular season. No need to rush him, given how much he means to the team and how the Bucs are, are focused on the playoff push. Now, how, how do you look at, at Milwaukee if you're thinking if maybe they fall off a little bit in the regular season and, and think that their futures odds might start to drift a little bit here in the next couple of weeks? I, I don't see it because I think at the end of the day, what you go to me, I always go back to what, what are the what is the defensive numbers? Like who's playing great? Who's playing good defense? What are they doing? And I, and I think ultimately that's the key. I think that's the key. And so when you break down all these things, Milwaukee, Boston, those teams are physical, they're tougher, and they end up playing really well. I mean, Milwaukee over the last two weeks before he got hurt, you know, they were number two in point differential. They're number one in defense. All those metrics are really in, in popular. And now that they take it a little bit more, I think now the season's in fold because the NBA doesn't, even though they play these 82 games, they don't all play 82 games. Right. I'm not one to think that, yeah, just because Antetokounmpo is going to be out a few weeks that Milwaukee all of a sudden just, you know, just falls off a cliff. It's not like it's a one man show anyway. And they've been getting uh -oh. Chris Middleton, the former all-star back in the fold. He is starting to look more and more like the Middleton of old right. as he's someone who can extend the floor, shoot threes, create really good spacing for the rest of his teammates on the interior. And it's, it's not a group I expect to all of a sudden just fall off. They're still second in overall defensive rating on the full season behind only Cleveland. So 
as much as I would love those odds to drift, I don't think we're going to see them. And I, I still give Milwaukee the very slight edge over Boston, uh, Michael, long term. By the I mean, it's very, very narrow. But I'd still put those two one-two above Philly pretty clearly. I, I put them above Philly. And, I, and I'll tell you what, Brooklyn, if, if Philly had to play Brooklyn, I think they would struggle there too. Dinwoody lights up for Philly. Seem, it's weird how that is that has played out historically for, for Spencer Dinwiddie and the Brooklyn Nets. All right, a little, uh, little NBA talk here wrapping up hour number one. When we come back, a very fun segment talking about sticking to the script with Michael. That's next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.